man don't know shit. I might not know shit, but I know enough. I might not know shit, but I know enough. You might call me dumb, but I have a lot of fun. I might not know shit, but I know enough. Episode 35, the Great White North episode, as you can tell. Uh, it's snowing a ton just outside my house right now. There's shovels in the background. Yeah, there's a couple of shovels there. They're going to get used a whole ton tomorrow morning. Get your workout in. Canadian style I got Mr. Finney McConnell of the Mighty Mahones on this episode. And I, I'm really looking forward to this. We've crossed paths lots of times. Uh, we're aware of who each other was. But we never really talked much before. Um, in uh, Montreal, there was a, um, a Montreal Calling show. It was a tribute to the album London Calling. And we both uh, played on it and hung out till the wee hours of the morning that, uh, that night or morning. And, um, you know, got to know each other and had a really, really good vibe. And uh, so, yeah, we messaged each other this week and said, uh, let's do this. Let's hang out. So, yeah, well, before we start, don't forget there's a PayPal link underneath this video, and that's for the Be A Producer program. That's how we keep this uh, show running, you know, buying little gears and stuff that uh, we need uh, to do it. It's all DIY family style. So uh, any tip, whether it's 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar or more, you become the producer of the next episode and credited for it. So, uh, yeah, don't forget to hit subscribe and all that jazz and uh, let's do this all right here we go ah uh, there i am hey bro how are you doing man awesome it's my kid kevin wave kevin say hello my son. hey hey kevin how are you doing i see all your pictures all over the world ever in my life <laughs> thanks kev love you yeah man so where are you at i'm at my home my home my home office studio got my new album here in my hand 30 years of Irish punk. Some fresh vinyl. Nice. We made it, we made it 30 years. Outlasted fucking the Ramones, even. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild when you think of it. it. Lasted the fucking pistols. Everybody. 30 fucking years, brother. Ahead of Dropkick Murphys, ahead of Flog and Molly. They're way behind me. That's crazy. Like, it's funny. I was looking at the, um, you know, list of your albums and stuff today. And when when did you start? I mean, like you say, you've been around 30 fucking years, man. That's a hell of a long time. Well, I started the Mahones in St. Patrick's Day, 1990 for one gig. And it went over so well. My friend Barry Williams owned an Irish pub in Kingston called the Toucan. You probably know it. Mm -hmm. Irish pub in the city. Well, he owned it. He built, he built it. And he's from Dublin like me, and he's good friends with my dad, and he used to play my dad's bar, Muldoon's, and his bands on drums. So when I became of age and started playing music, I started playing music at 18. Even when I was under the age to play in bars, I started playing music at 18, illegally, in a band called The Filters with Gord Downey, <laughs> my dad's Irish pub. But anyways, back to this. So, so I started this band, and uh, 1991 show, phone kept on ringing. Fucking, here I am 30 years later. It's fucking wild, man. The journey that like, you know, all my friends have, it's incredible. I, it, it, was, it blows my mind all the time. It was never planned. Never planned. No, nope, it's just, mm -hmm. I'm Irish. Even though I like to drink rum now, I drink whiskey still, but I, I have cheers, bro. I, I, but this is kind of rough. Oh, you guys, man. I got the rum. This is kind of, this is whiskey for older guys like me. Mm. <laughs> I don't black out this stuff. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, whiskey, you know how they always say, like, I don't have a lot of regrets in life. But when I do, whiskey's usually involved. Yeah, but I'm going to join you at the rum, though. I see I got some Appleton here from any, Jamaica. Any, any fight I've ever been in, whiskey was involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I wonder what that is. It's a real thing. You can't I mean, feel the whiskey. punches. You can't feel <laughs> the punches. That's what it is. Trust me. <laughs> you can't feel the punches. But just be careful on that stuff, folks. It's that's a, right. You know, be careful out there. <laughs> careful out there. Mm. Hey, brother. Okay, man. In the house. Fuck yeah, man. I'm really happy to sit down with you. And it's really cool. I mean, you already mentioned that it's been 30 years. And like I was saying, I was looking through the list of your albums and stuff. I mean, it's incredible. You've been a busy man. I made 10, I made 10 albums in the last 10 years. I think I kicked everybody's ass. And one of them was a double concept album. <laughs> That's wild, man. I kicked everybody's ass. My brain goes too fast. I'm working on 14 albums right now as we speak. 14 albums. That's crazy. Not, not all for me, obviously. But um, I, I'm classically trained and I'm used to working in large projects and doing all kinds of things. And so I don't even make notes anymore when I make records. I stopped making demos. 
in 2000 because the first four albums I made, the demos are better than the fucking albums. And that pissed me off. So I stopped making demos. And Isn't that I, always the thing when people start chasing the demo? Yeah, well, I, I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm, bring, I'm resurrecting the first four albums for uh, Super Deluxe reissues with all the tracks. Uh, Dragon the Day is our big hit album, our first one. I have a 37-track album version of that that people haven't heard. Oh, it's all good. Oh, my God. I went through them all. They're all like 40 tracks each, 30, 40 tracks each. I did uh, Rise Again. This is why I'm doing lockdown. I'm working on my 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 vaults. So I did Rise Dragon the Days, Rise Again, Hellfire Club Sessions, and uh, Here Comes Lucky. And I talked with the four member, the early members of the band, Gerald Sullivan, Andrew Brown, Owen Warnica, who made those records with me. And we made an agreement. We're going to like have a little reunion and put them all together. Like I don't know if we'll ever do a gig or anything like that, but we're going to get together and sign a contract so I, all I can release all the songs, all their songs, everything. So everybody's going everybody's to get to hear all the magic we made in the 90s because it was a magical time for us. And well, was, I'm sure. And what's yeah. the feeling like, like looking back like this? You know, you open the vault. I couldn't and believe you, you how get... it was. I couldn't believe how I was throwing out st- songs that were brilliant and I thought they were shite. I was like, fuck, we must have had high fucking standards. We must have been a bunch of little assholes. <laughs> Difficult. <laughs> there's, some, there's, some fuck, there's, there's no bad stuff in there. Put it that way. There was nothing. That's there. wild, eh? Yeah. And I, I did Lucky because it's Lucky's 20th anniversary. So I just did that. We, we won a lot of awards for that album. And uh, I did went through the 20 demo tracks I did. And they're all amazing. And the fucking demos are better than the fucking album. I was like, oh. <laughs> it, sounds it's, like it's, Waterman, it sounds like the Waterman's Fisherman's Blues because I produced it, I mixed it, and it all has one sound. Whereas when they take it to the studio and you get the producers and those guys in every song, they try and put all the rock balls into it, and you know they give it the LA mix and you know all that fucking shit that you don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those weird sounding snare when drums. It's out of your hands. When it, so no, no albums have ever released from my hands since those days. After here, after taking those prisoners, I mixed them all myself. Yeah. I mean, I, once you know, I mean, like, four, if you the first four of the business, there was managers, record companies, band partners, a lot of stuff. So I was not in control and I was not happy with the mixes of those first four albums, even though they were very huge albums for us. I hated the mixes. So I'm going to release alternative mixes, the full album, the original full albums, well, all the tracks, alternative mix albums that I did that I think are better. And then the demos. So you get you're gonna get the fucking it's gonna be like Christmas for the early Mahomes fans. Are you gonna master it as well or have somebody oh, yeah, else master yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Fuck yeah, I do everything. I do it with <laughs> my studio. I do it with Gene Hughes in Toronto. I did some work with uh Renee in Montreal. Oh, oh right on. Me and Renee did some work, he did some mastering for me over the years, and uh we did Lucky together. No, Angels and Devils together in Montreal. That was fantastic. I, I played with a lot of Montreal musicians, the great Jonathan Mormon. Uh who else sucks? Like, I top my head, the great flute player from fucking Hurley's. Oh, Dave Gossage, the legend. You know, yeah, absolutely. Sean Ryan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Rene Delamorte, uh, the Colin, Colin the Dead played bass on track, Sean Winter. So, yeah, I, I made a Montreal album, which is fantastic. I love that. It's one of my favorite albums. And well, I that's when I made that one. He goes, Where's your notes, Finney? And I think they're all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Better not knock your head tonight, right? <laughs> you got it out as well. Because when you play, Renee's fun to work with, though. Irish music sounds like it's going in circles, right? People don't get it, unless you're Irish, you know? <laughs> it sounds like you're going in a, spinning in a circle. That, that's wild. But I mean, that, that's a good thing. I mean, I, I remember this uh, Jamaican uh, Rasta friend of mine, Owen, who uh, plays with my dad's band. And he's always telling me, even if it's a slow song, it has to feel like it's rolling forward. You yeah. know? And that's a very that's real thing. thing. Once you lose the momentum, songs drops. Unless you, unless you keep the drums going. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> the, the, the people love that shit especially the dancers and we love the dancers the girls, so it works so well girls love drums so girls, <laughs> right? that's why we join bands to meet girls we are <laughs> often you know that's the kind of people in the world are the girls not us guys you, you know my my buddy Stu, right my brother of course and uh Stu and i when we uh started playing music i can tell you exactly how we started it's really funny he came over to my house with just a snare drum and i had this no name guitar plugged into a Gibson amp that was this big. And he comes up to me. If we could learn eight songs, we could go play at the all girls college in Rigo. And that's why we got into music. Really? Really? Yep. Really? Wow. You know, I made a big mistake when I was a kid. My mom took me to Irish dancing class. It was all girls and me. And I was like, I don't want to do Irish dancing, mom. I, I promise I'll play an instrument. So I learned to play. I said, I told her at the time I learned to play banjo, but I learned a guitar instead. And looking back at that, I was like, what a stupid guy. I was in a class with 30 girls, and I didn't want to be there. 
<laughs> I was very young at the time. I think it was eight. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> I was like, why was I think? <laughs> was oh, there a lot of music in your family at home? Dancing with 30 ladies. Well, oh, well, whatever. Was it a very musical family at home when you were young? My mom was a dancer. My mom was an Irish dancer. That's why the dancing connection. She was a concert promoter for Cultus in Ireland. My dad was a singer, actor. My sister, Dipna, is a singer, actor. And my oldest sister, Ita, runs the university. She works in the university. She runs the uh, foreign uh, student department. Oh, wow. So she's, got a, she's a big-time person in the, in, the, in the university scene. So she didn't mm-hmm. do anything. She's the only one who didn't do it. You know? So we were like music actors, actors, dancers, and musicians. And this is in Ireland, right? No, this is here in, in Canada. My family. In, in Canada, okay. Yeah. Were you born in Canada or in Ireland? Dublin. Oh, Dublin, okay. At the Rotunda on O'Connell Street, right fucking downtown, man. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of my dreams. Listen, my, my family really name is I'm Nick. Almost, I'm one of those ones that confuses everybody because I was raised here. So I'm kind of like that kid lost in the ether. No, but I'm not accepted as a Canadian and I'm not accepted as an Irishman. Yeah, yeah. You're uh, something you know, that can answer something you know, you know, I, kind of, I kind of don't have a home. <laughs> I, have both, I, feel, I feel that. I have both passwords, so fuck you. I think I've been kicked out of enough homes myself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live in Europe again. I want to buy a, a home in Europe, but I'm going to keep my place in Toronto. But I want to, I can't afford to buy a home here anymore. So when I get back to work, finally, I've been, I haven't worked in a year, right? So when I get back to work, finally, uh, my goal will to be uh, like maybe to live in maybe Europe, get a, a home in the country because they're a couple hundred grand over there, bro. You know? That's it. I know, right? They're like a million, million and a half here in Toronto. So I'm screwed. So yeah, like, that, that's what I just did, right? Like a couple months ago. So I can live there, you know. So eighty yeah. percent of my work is in Europe, so I'll, I'll live there, get a home there, and I'll keep Toronto, my Toronto home too because I'm Canadian and my son lives here, and so I'll, I'll you know, I'll just fly back and forth. Like Absolutely, it ain't no thing. Like I do anyway. <laughs> that's my, my goal in life. That's my bucket list. You know, that's a great goal to have. I'm a big fan. Like I moved out of Montreal and I bought just like that, a small little home out by a lake, you know. I'm always in bars anyway. But. Yeah, my city days are done. You know, every day someone gets stabbed or shot in Toronto. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, man. I've had so many fights and trouble here with, with crazy people that, uh, I you know, I don't need the danger anymore. I'm fine. I've had enough. I feel you there, man. 30 years in the Mahomes and 10 years in punk bands before that. So, you know. Well, that's it. So so I've 40 years. I want to slow down now. I want to just do the big shows. And I got a solo record contract. Shit. Did I tell you? No. Yeah, I just got it. True North Records is going to put out my solo album because I had a successful solo deal. So they asked me to do a solo album and they're going to pay for it. So, uh, yeah, I I signed, signed the deal to do the album and I'm going to start making it next week. Amazing. I got Glenn Milchum on the drums from Blue Rodeo. That that's freaking awesome, man. And congrats. Candies and changing. Yeah. They everybody liked my solo thing. So I'm gonna do uh I'll do the festivals at the Mahomes this summer and then I'm gonna the album will come out in September on True North Records. And I'm gonna do a solo tour this fall. And I'll bring the Mahomes back again probably next year for uh Patty's Day. But I, I'm not I'm gonna keep the Mahomes. 30 years is enough. I, I'm just gonna do the good gigs now. All the other guys can do the punk clubs, fuck, they can have it. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the shitty toilet full of piss and crap. I've been there, done it. I just paid my dues. I said, I'm 30 years. I did eight years longer than the fucking Ramones. Nobody can say I didn't pay my dues. That's it, I'm man. I do the nice gigs now, and uh, the punk gigs, the other bands can have them. You know? I, don't <laughs> I loved them. They were great, but I want to kind of semi-retire, but get more acoustic. And, uh, you know, go do my, I'm going to do some film work. I'm, I'm involved in a few films and a few uh, soundtracks for film and stuff like that. So I want to get more into that kind of thing. Well, well, you already have a connection with the film thing a bit because you had a few songs that were in movies, oh, right? I'm in like six or seven movies. I'm in The Fighter, two Oscars, two Golden Globes. I'm in Ecstasy, it was Train Spotting, the next movie, Ecstasy, Irving Welsh. I got my song there twice. I'm in The Kids in the Hall, 100 Bucks movie. I mean, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Damon Wayans, uh, Celtic Pride, I wrote the title track. I'm in uh, Streets of New York, is in that new movie with the guy from Montreal about the, the Celtics football club. You know, the oh, guy, yeah. your famous Mont- Montreal actor, John Jamarchi or whatever, or what his name? Oh, I don't you know, know, man. Famous, I... no, famous actor from Montreal, your age. He's famous. <laughs> Most famous guy. If he's not at the, at the bar fly at three in the morning, oh, no, I don't know him. He lives in LA. You see him in all those movies with Seth Rogen and all those guys, all the famous stars. These are oh, shit, guys. okay. Yeah, what's his name? The Montreal. You're from Montreal. I don't know. I'm terrible with names. Anyway, he did a movie about the uh, the Celtics football club, and I'm in that movie. 
streets of New York. I, I'm in tons of movies and tons of TV shows, a lot of sci-fi shows, you know, Killjoys and all those shows. I wrote songs for that. I'm in the first episode. I acted in that. I don't tell people about what I do. I'm, I acted in a movie uh, uh, where I play an IRA uh, Irish musician who gets blown up in the pub. Me and Michael. I, I don't awesome. brag. About, I don't brag about that stuff. But yeah, I'll try, I'm going to write a couple books. I got a book deal too. People want me to write some books. I'm going to write a book about that. All the stuff I did for the Mahones. I'm going to write a book about how to make it in the music industry without the music industry's help because I figured it out a long time ago. And uh, and uh, I've never had a hit single in my life, right? You know, I didn't. I did it with the industry world worldwide too. And I'm going to. Oh, we all know that at TV I'm and movies. Tell you the story though. I said, <laughs> I'm going to tell it on your interview. I'm going to tell yeah, it. Yeah, man. But it'll be easy read. I'm going to tell you how to make it and how to get worldwide and how to tour the world like I do. I'm just going to explain it to the young bands because it's a very simple step by step process that I put together myself without the help of anybody in the industry. And I don't like to manage bands because I don't want to deal with people's personalities. Right. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. I like to help a few bands over and the singers goes crazy. And, and then I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm out. It lasted about a month each time. I, I can't do that job. You know, I can't deal with people's personalities. I'm very private. So I'll write a book and then uh, I'm going to work on my, you know, my booking agency, whiskey double tour booking and my play label, whiskey double records. I'm going to put out some, help some bands get going new bands you know it's my my duty to help with the new bands because bands helped me when i was starting you know well I, that's it i got the hand reach out for me from shane mcgowan and crash vegas and the sky diggers and you know bands in my early days blue rodeo that helped me get going so i return the favor i'll do that and then uh i'll write a book about the uk subs tour because that's fucking a punk rock story but here two weeks in the uk subs I do well, have, a you play guitar I have a live album right? and everything, live in fucking, I have a live video of Quebec City show and a live album from Toronto. So we'll get the permission for Charlie to put those out one day. They're fucking phenomenal. Oh, I'm sure. Man, the best recordings I ever made. And then what else do I have? Oh, yeah. Was that, wasn't that with Jamie yeah. on drums? Was, was, Jamie, Jamie was on drums on that. That's how Jamie got into Mahomes. I met him. We, the first time I played in Ireland was in 2010. I never wanted to play Ireland in Mahomes because I thought they wouldn't like me. So I got UK subs called me up and asked me to open up for them in Ireland. And I was like, well, I love the UK subs. And this would be a good way to go to Ireland. And if they don't like me, at least it's not my fault. The UK subs will be there to pay the show. <laughs> I was wrong. They fucking loved us. And I've been touring there every year since. I had no idea. They just fucking loved my homes in Ireland. We fucking sell it all the time. Next tour, I had the defects opening for me from Belfast. <laughs> opening for me. I'm like, what? So, we, you know, they loved us. In Ireland, we shot through right, really fast. And so uh, that was really good. So I'm going to do the, the, because of that UK subs tour, um, 2016, the UK subs, uh, they got, Jet left the band and they got a new guitarist, Steve Strawn, and he couldn't make the Canadian tour. So they phoned me up and said, we got an emergency. Steve can't make the tour. We don't want to cancel it. Can you play guitar? And I had learned like 30 fucking songs. I didn't know their songs. I was like, yes, I'll do it. I just didn't even think about it. You know, you know, sometimes in life you should say yes without thinking about it. I knew that was a moment. I knew that was one of those moments. So I just said yes. And then I had to learn all the songs, which I did. They're all in the key of B, my funny enough, <laughs> because I always play in G and D, people's chords, and they love key of B, which is cool because that's really rock and roll chord playing, you know? So they had a lot of songs in B. But anyways, I did the tour. It was so fucking hilarious. I just loved every part of it, you know? And then uh, I'm going to write a little book about it because it was such a good story. It's like a two week story. And then, that one, and the first book I do is about the filters with me and Gordani. That was another two-week story. I felt I started the first uh, kind of like it was a it was a garage rock pub rock band in '83 that became the Hip. I never told the story for 38 years because I, I didn't want to step on the Hip's toes and I don't want to ride on their coattails. I may I wanted to make it on my own, you know, which I, mm -hmm. did, which I did. You see the reviews to the new album. Everybody's like, "This is the best album ever." So I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> I did my job. Yeah, man. So I'm going to tell the story finally about me and Gordian. I'm going to do a hip documentary and tell the story and things like that. But uh, I'm going to, you know, work. I saw a couple of pictures of, that, of you and him playing Downey. together. I'm going to work with the Downey brothers and do it and tell the story through those guys. So it's done properly and respectfully, you know. Mm -hmm. Gordian is very special and I don't want anybody to exploit him. And I'm not that, to, that makes total I'm not sense. To I'm just going to tell the true story of what we did. But we didn't even get along that well. We were like, he loved the Stones. I loved the Who. We were we were at Loggerheads for a year, and we made the most powerful, explosive R and B you're ever going to hear. Oh my God. It's going to blow your mind. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's 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 like Doctor Feelgood meets the Destroyers. It was, <laughs> bar, it was barroom rock, Route sixty six, around round. 
that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, all 12 bar rock. And we, the reason we did that was because I got, uh, I wanted to go to Europe for the summer. I just, we just finished high school. He was in the Slinks, him and Andrew Frontini. I was in uh, Pressure Drop, my, which played The Clash and The Pistols and Ramones with my drummer Seppi and uh, a guy named John Bowen from Kingston, from the Pariahs. And that band, I couldn't get into my dad's bar because we were a punk band. So my dad said, if you put together a rock band, I'll give you a gig. And so he gave me a 14-day contract, which would make me enough money to go to Europe for the summer. So I asked Gord Downey and uh, Andrew Frontini from the Slinks to join me and Seppi to perform this band just for two weeks only do this contract and we did it and, and I got it all on tape and everything. It's fantastic. Anyway, I did a studio recording, 40 songs. Oh my God, it'll blow your mind. What a piece of Canadian history that is. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I've, that's I've history. I've been hiding it for 38 years. I've been hiding it for 38 years. The 40th anniversary is coming up in two years. So I'm going to, before I move to Europe, I'll make sure I give it to the Downey brothers to, uh, to make a story out of it and tell a story properly. So I don't, I, I don't want any like, you know, Stupid people getting in on it. I just want to make sure it's done right and respectful to Gord. Because that's music, beautiful. The music is beautiful, and I've never told anybody about it, and I've never played it to anybody. And uh, it's time to play it soon. You know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You get to that point. Hey, I got a, a question. A little left field. They're, they're doing stuff right now. The hip. So I'm going to stay out of their way as I always did. You yeah, know, for sure. The time's not. Time's not right. Time's not right. Oh. Hey, here's here's my question for you. Okay, my last name is McNulty. It's M C N. Yeah. Okay, now I, I, I didn't know my biological father or anything like that, you know. So I'm not sure my roots. Are you okay? Dumped? What's the difference between Mick and Mac? Finally, somebody needs to oh, tell yeah. me. Are you, are you adopted? Uh, no, no, I'm not adopted. Just a funny family. Oh, bad. Okay, well, cheers to that then. We all have that story. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but but I, I never really got to the bottom of the whole MCMAC thing. Mac is Scottish. Mick is Irish. We it's just, that simple. We eh? Changed the Mac to Mick. I'm a Mick. <laughs> MAC is Scottish, and we, and we came from Max McConnell's. Like me, we came from the Max, the Scottish roots. I got Scottish Viking blood. That's why I'm blonde and 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 you know, look at me <laughs> and tell right? And my mom had uh, Spanish blood. And like I said before, many times the people love this story. The Vikings came down, they shagged the Irish on the East Coast, and we came, looked like this. And the Spaniards came up the West Coast and shagged the Irish on the West Coast. And they ended up like my mom with brown hair and brown eyes. That's, <laughs> that's the true story. You know, whatever you hear in the books, that's what really happened. That's what the color, the color, that's why I really have the black Irish, right? My mom's black Irish, I'm, I'm blonde Irish. You know? But but that, that's the thing, like because uh, you often hear that even in song titles. I mean, uh, John Lydon uh, talks about too the whole Black Irish thing. I, I don't think that many people really understand about it. Would you like to enlighten us? You got, black, you got, you got the black chickens comes up from the south. Yeah, absolutely. Ireland's Ireland's a mixed race. Yeah, we're mixed. We got to get the white blood and the black blood. We got both sides. The West Coast has got the, the uh, from the Spaniards and the Africans coming up the coast that side, and and then the East Coast they came. This the, the Vikings came down. Through, through England, right? Just logical sense. Yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> wild. I love it. And that's why we're so, Ireland, we're so like not racist and we're like really like, we love everybody, unlike the Americans, right? Fuck. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right, when you get it together down there, I haven't toured there, man, in five years and I'm still not having no plans to. I have so many great American friends. I'll do festivals, but I don't want to be down there while they're fighting each other. It's just not cool. No, no, that's it. I mean, there's, they're all, they're you know, not, it's sad and stuff, and and they're shooting each other. I'm not going to be a part of that stuff. No way. Man. Yeah, man, it's dangerous for me. That's, you that's, you go to a, a, you Montreal bands can go down there and tour because <laughs> <laughs> we'll go anywhere. I'll go to Montreal. <laughs> or I'll go to Europe. You guys go to America. <laughs> yeah, but you shot at <laughs> down the highway, chased by Trump trucks. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Uh, chasing them down the highway the tour buses of trip for uh, joe biden the trump trucks are chasing them on the highway and yeah, they like, tried to run them off hey i know it's like fuck that i'm not going down there they're, they're fucking crazy motherfuckers down there man kidding me it's, like, it's insane down there it's like america gone wild it's like if you watch cnn it's like america gone wild now i can't even watch the news anymore after the election i stopped watching american news because it just makes me sad it makes me really sad now so i just started watching the comedy channel again get my head out of the gutter it, it, I do find so it like, sad because like, like most of stressful. like I, I love all my American friends and like you, you know do. American bands that we play with and it's just it's a sad my, state right now I love my conservative friends I love conservatives I love Democrats I love everybody even in Canada you know 
I like conservative. I don't. I don't care about it. I just don't like the Trump shit. Yeah. Shit. You know, I got to draw a line somewhere. You know, and that's where I draw my line. I don't care what your politics is, but I hate. I don't. I won't support hate. I won't support racism. I won't support homophobia. You know, all that bullshit. You know, sexism, fucking whatever. You know. Yeah, everything the weak people get mad about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I'm a socialist, right? I always have been, always will be. I think Joe Strummer's my 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 politician. Me too, man. I think he taught me everything I know. I learned my politics, you know, you know, and that's for sure, for sure. So you go to Europe a lot. You say like that's probably where you play the most, if I understand right. Eighty percent. I tour there three times a year. I tour here once, if that. And there's and I don't do many gigs in Canada, even if I do, because there's not that many places to play, as you know. (laughs) A lot of driving. If any, yeah, it's the most driving in the world. It's the worst tour on, on the planet. You know that. I know. I've done it 13 times. Oh, you're the king. You're the king. We fuck. watch you and we go, fuck, he is the king. But mind you, I've done it more than 13 times, so, so I am the king. I probably yeah. Have, probably at least 30. <laughs> at least. I'll give my I was doing it three a year in the early, in the 90s. Three times a year in the 90s. Doing the winter tour, too. Because you get all the snow gigs in the winter on the on the that's movie. right you make a lot more money in the winter but you have yeah. to get there <laughs> yeah you risk your life to get there i've slid off the highway many times i i, I stopped tour, winter touring a long time ago for my safety a lot of my friends got killed or hurt like well i'm next if i don't stop this shit so i stopped i had my that's, i had my spin outs on the highway i'm sure you did too yeah that, it, that's real it's, real it's shit scary at west man it's scary yeah. out there. ontario it's fucking scary i drive it's fucking scary you just named the two, two worst points, Northern Ontario, fucking, and the Rockies. I mean, fuck. Yeah, it's scary. That Revelstoke Pass. Oh. Mm-hmm. So now from now on, I'm just going to fly in and out to like Vancouver or Calgary or I want to live the rest of my life. <laughs> I thought, like, 30 years in the van. I don't own anything, right? Like, well, that's it. When you play in Europe, do you, you like, play everywhere in Europe or uh, do you have like I, favorite yeah, places? I go, I'll, I'll, I'll go far east. I go far into the East Czech Republic, everything. I played Moscow. I stopped playing Moscow after they beat up the gay kids for the gay uh, rights parade because my son is gay, as you know, trans. Yeah. Uh, and my so is my nephew. And so is my godson nephew, who's also a drag queen. So, you know, I'd rather be on their side than uh, on the side of the Russian people. So I got I, your back, man. I love my Russian fans. And they're fantastic. And I'll, and I'll go as soon as that stops. I promise them. But it's not my job to go there and get arrested and, and, uh, and uh, you know, argue with Putin. Not going to happen. No, man. I'm allergic to poison. He rest, yeah, he rests people on the spot. So I'm not going to be, I'm not gonna be the, the guy to uh, take the risk. I just won't go. I'll just, everybody knows I boycotted it. And I still have. I mean, a lot of my friends' bands play there. I think it's kind of shameful. But, hey, you know, you got to feed their kids, I suppose. Well, you know, it, it, it's I, a I, funny I, I'm phenomenon. not shame anybody. I wouldn't, I'm not that kind of guy. I never speak bad ill of anybody ever. I get spoken bad of and stabbed in the back all the fucking time, and I never once returned it to anybody. Because I'm because I'm not I'm a gentleman, and I believe music is about brotherhood. It's not a competition. If we're if we are together, we all rise together and we create a scene. If we if we go to war against each other. We kill the scene and people go elsewhere looking for the bands. And, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of that, you know, in Montreal right now and bad stuff. And there's a lot of that in Toronto. And, you know, we had a bit of it in Kingston in the old days. But, you know, in Kingston, we got together in the 90s. We made a scene and we all got signed. We did. We all got well, signed. Well, that's it. And, you know, that's what happens when we all support, went to each other's gigs and no bad, no backstabbing, no bad, but no bad medicine, no asshole shit, rivalry shit. And we all got signed record deals. And I was one of them. And, you know, See all all, all the young bands out there should totally positive, and you support your 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 scene, then you we will all start noticing it from other cities, and all want to go and be a part of your scene, including the record companies. And that's absolutely. You, so you, the kids need to learn that shit these days, and that'll be in the book. Don't yeah. be a, that'll be in the don't be an asshole chapter. You know, that's one. <laughs> it's this big, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big one. I did an interview once called Don't Be an Asshole. It went viral and everybody loved it. So I'll, I'll, I'll redo the interview as a chapter. Like you, do, uh, you can Google it. It's online. It's so true what you're talking about, about scenes. That's one thing I love playing ska in Montreal because really we have you built a scene and everybody else wants to come, are you right? Friends, are your friends in that? I know Montreal is the only ska scene in Canada that I know of. And it's been around since I started. I remember in back in the early 90s. And uh, I remember having uh, those guys open for us on Stop Records at Purple Haze. Was that yeah, yeah. What was it? What's the band called? Uh, Stop Records. Uh, Smashers. Smashers. Yeah, they opened for us at Purple Haze, 
way back when we just started. And I met them and I was like, fuck, what a great fucking band. Holy shit. That was awesome. I didn't know much about ska. I knew the English beat and the madness and not much. You know, I was, I went to school in Kingston. There was no ska in Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> they don't skank in Kingston. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I always loved it. I loved dancing to it. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah for sure. I guess ska and soul. <laughs> I guess good. That's fucking great shit. But but the whole point of that though is like the whole thing about how like you know we created a scene and all the bands included and at different periods of times different bands kind of held things together. But yeah. if you keep feeding well, yeah. into it, like you say, the people come. The bands turn on each other. They separate, and there's no scene anymore. And there's no there's no support. And there's no unity. And so they're not going to get taken on tour by their friends. And you know they'll just get the door will just be closed and the key will be thrown in the lake. You know, and that's not what you want to do. You know, no man, you got to make friends in this business. It's all about friends and connections. All my business connections are my friends. Everyone around. I know eight, I know promoters all over the world. I can set up a tour for anybody, you know, and they're all my friends. And when I have a musician in my band who treats one of my promoters badly or something like that, one of my touring musicians, he doesn't get another tour. You know, you don't. You got, you got to protect your contacts. With, you with the business with your fucking ego and your attitude. I just don't hire them again. No one ever gets fired, but you don't get hired again. That's it. But it is a real thing. I mean, yeah, the crew gets put together and we fly around the world. You know, the eight eight of us or whatever that goes out at a time, or sometimes six, sometimes eight, whatever. And uh, you know, if you're a bad apple, we won't invite you next time. Okay, here's a question about lineups in your genre of music. What's your in your like uh, the ideal instrumentation for your band? You know, like what I like to have. I run my band a bit like. Mike Ness or uh, Mike Scott from the Waterboys or the guy from Stone Age. It's kind of singer-songwriter band. You know, mm-hmm. I make all the decisions. The first decade, I didn't do that. And that's where it all got fucked up. So the last two decades, I did do that. And it's just the way I like it. And now we got, and because I did that, band became worldwide successful. And we have a sound, right? We didn't have that in the 90s. We were a fucking total mess. <laughs> manager's making all the money. I was making 200 bucks a week. and was paying the manager 600,000 6,000 a month. And it was, it was a train wreck. We all hate each other. And it was just a bad time, you know. So I'm trying to fix that time now and bring it back to you guys in a nice way. You know, I make made friends up with all the old guys, and we're going to put together some nice packages for everybody, you know. Because Water Under the Bridge were all best friends, but there was a lot of managers involved. We were all very young at the time, and there was a lot of booze and drugs and things, you know, that make you, you know, hate on each other. <laughs> so well, anyway, that's it. So that's what we sort of all that. So. So for the lineup for me, I like to have a great drummer, which I got the best now, Jamie from the UK subs. He's in the Mahomes now. I love him dearly. Somebody would probably steal him from me because he's so good. He's probably gonna have bad religion or social D, I know it. <laughs> or rancid. <laughs> but I'll enjoy the time I have with him. <laughs> We're both to make an album in Berlin this summer. So it'll be an album with me and Jamie for sure. Who knows how long it will last, but I treasure any time I get to spend with him. He's my brother. And I just love him. He calls me brov. <laughs> love you, brov. Hey, brov. <laughs> yeah, man. I love him. So that's going to be a nice thing to do. I, I like I like a bass and guitar. And I like a accordion. And then I like a tin whistle. That's my favorite. And then I like a mandolin and some banjo and some fiddle, if I can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Because that's the ideal, but then you have to... It is, it's, all, it's all on the budget, bro. You know, if I'm getting, if I'm not getting paid much on the tour, I can't afford the big band. But if I, the dream band would be eight piece. Okay. Can you want to hear my dream band first? Yes, please. That's what I'm um, talking about. Drums, bass, guitar, right? Just the basic band. Then I'd have accordion, tin whistle, fiddle, mandolin, banjo. I'd have five trad guys if I could afford that. Usually I can afford two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, two out of five ain't bad. I usually go for the whistle and the accordion. Okay. You know, that's what is it. Accordion is my number one favorite. I love accordions. And uh, the accordion player I have now, Nicole uh, Kaiser from Germany, is the best I've ever had. And I just love her to pieces. Oh my God. She's classically trained. She started when she was five, just like I knew she would. So I went looking to Germany for an accordion player. And she's a little punk rocker like us. You know, and I just, perfect. She's the funnest, most friendliest person. Not saying anything bad about Katie Kaboom, because I love Katie Kaboom too. She was a great 10 years in the band and she definitely was there to take us to the next level. Absolutely. But I love Nikki. Like, I actually love her. She's great. <laughs> love her. So, uh, well, know, that'll so, translate in the music as well, right? I can't wait to see her again, you know, Nikki. And uh, 
And then that's it. So it's usually a five piece. And if I can swallow it up to eight with the budget, I will. Yeah. If you, if you pay the, if you pay, okay, here's to all you promoters out there. <laughs> if you pay the proper fee, you get the fucking deluxe lineup of, of the eight of the best Mahomes. You know, that's the And if you don't pay, you get the Squire, not the strategy. Yeah, the, the Squire version, the five piece version. Yeah. And if you're really, really cheap, you get the, the, the Japanese, or not even that, the Korean four piece version. <laughs> Made in Korea. <laughs> That's it, right? If you got no money, you get just me. I can bring the band out in any format you like. Put it that way. Because I end, I end the I sing all the songs and I wrote them all. So I, you can have it just me or you can have it up to the eight-piece Hogue's super deluxe special version. You know? That's, my, That's a real thing, though. I mean, being able to adapt eight, because... The like, eight-piece is my favorite. Now, if I just did festivals and stop doing the clubs, I can afford to do the eight-piece shows. But it's the clubs that suck all the life out of, out of touring, like you know. The, mm -hmm. the, the town, expenses from getting town to town. Like, you're a band leader like me, so you got to pay for the flights. you got to pay the booking agent. you got to pay for the rental vans. you got to pay for the gas. you got to pay for the hotels. You know, you got to pay for the food. Like, it's like the list of expenses. you got to buy the merch. you got to buy the fucking, you know. Oh, you need upfront money for sure before the tour. Yeah, you know? Everybody costs ten grand to, to start. It's a ten grand start off. You know, if you want to do a tour in Europe, you need ten grand. Yeah, and hopefully you get to finish tour. That's what happened to us. It's gonna cost you ten grand. So make sure you make you want to make over ten grand. But it's gonna cost you. Yeah, man. It's gonna cost you. you know, that's that's, yeah. that's that's what my budget all the time. And, and you know that's a small fucking budget. Can you imagine like donate yeah. your social D like their budget's not 10 grand their budget's like five <laughs> grand so you know I, I know how to do it for 10 is what I'm saying you know and I have well, absolutely and I come up with the money every time myself I, I I'm always the financer and if I had to borrow it I, I borrowed money from my family I always had you know my mother or my sister has always helped me out right you know family you know, they family always, they always had my back my mom Fuck yeah, always I, I thank my sister on the last album actually well, I mean, like the sacrifices everybody around you make, right? Yeah. Because I mean, going on tour, it's, it, it's rough on the people that love you as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Unless your girlfriend's in the band. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. <laughs> That's a smart way to do it. <laughs> For some. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's <what> I always <laughs> do. That's freaking awesome. The last 30 years, bro. <laughs> right. Your girlfriend in the band. Then you, oh, you, you, you know, that's why there's so many, like how many bands like where one partner is managing the other, you know, whether it's the guy well, or the girl. You think about your partner, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, whoever, you know, you're with, um, you trust them. Well, that's it. And you don't trust everybody in this the business. It's not going to screw you up the ass, you know. Fuck. Unwanted. Like <laughs> <laughs> you want to be fucking looked after, and that, that is the one person that will look at over up to the manager, anybody, your mom, your family, your, your partner. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, you play uh, mandolin as well, right? My kid works with me now. My kid works with me. I wouldn't be here on your show if it wasn't for my kid. That's right. In my, history, in, in my 56 years of life, this is my first fucking Zoom call. So that's so funny. We were supposed to do this episode last week, but we couldn't figure it out. So Kevin came and saved the day. Thank you. No, I, I, I missed a few. I missed a few. I missed CKWS television with Bill Belitska from Much Music, and I missed you. And there's a little laugh. Well, what am I supposed to do? I thought, is it not FaceTime? <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't forget, when I went to school, they didn't have computers. I missed all that shit, bro. We used to have a typing class with typewriters. I got A in typing. And I'm glad, I'm really glad I took that because it came really handy with the laptop. You know? I'm Absolutely. Really glad, I'm really glad I took typing. I only took it for an easy credit back in the day. You know? But fuck, did it come in handy. Man. It's God. so true. I still think about it sometimes when I'm typing. Yeah, I, I, can, I can still remember to type. Yeah, that's great. So I don't have to do the one finger thing like my dad does, you know? <laughs> right. Now you play guitar. You play mandolin as well. Is that right? I play everything, bro. I play guitar, bass, drums, mandolin, keyboards, uh, ukulele, fucking percussion, anything you, you give me, I play it. Yeah, piano, I play every instrument. And on most, on most of the albums, I'm playing a lot of the instruments, and, it, and I don't. People don't know what I'm playing. I'm like Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. I just don't tell you what I'm doing. But I'm all over everywhere. I'm playing like all kinds of instruments. Yeah. Ah, say, that's so cool. It'll, it'll say the normal musicians on the credits, but 
I'm playing a lot of the bass. I'm playing a lot of the keyboards. I'm playing a lot of the mandolin. Like I do all this stuff. But it's my band, right? My well, that, band. when you're working, you're working. You don't yeah, want to stop. Yeah, they don't live here. They live in different cities and different countries. My band lives in Europe, England, in America, in Canada. So I'm the only guy in the fucking studio. You can do the math. But you know, <laughs> but you know what? They play live and they do play on a lot of the studio stuff. Like right, Sean, it's a real thing. Sean, sure. Sean Ryan played the bass on the entire uh, 25 Years of Arch Punk. That's Sean. That's not me. Oh, wicked. He played that one. Because I wanted him to play it on that one because he was touring and stuff. So I said, well, you play the bass on it in the studio because, uh, you know, leave your mark. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. And he did. He did it. He did a great job, too. And then uh, I, Gina played on the... Gina from LA, she played on the Unplugged album. That's her on the fiddle. You, I usually have Jonathan from Montreal. He's been doing my records for forever for the last 20 Johnny and I have been working together since the beginning for 30 years. He's my favorite. He's, Jonathan Mormon from Montreal is, is the best fiddler in the world, I would say. But you can't get him on tour. He's, 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 he's expensive and he's hard to get. He's busy. He's got kids, you know. Well, that's it, eh? You know, he's got his band of peelers and stuff like that. He's happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could ever get him on tour, I'd love to have him back. I had him in the early days, funny enough. When we were like living, sleeping on people's floors and, and getting no money and shit. So he did all this shit tours. And now that we're staying in the Radisson hotels and stuff, he doesn't want to go here. <laughs> so one day we'll play together, me and Johnny get, but he plays on my records all the time. But like, he's, he's a great guy too. He's the best guy ever. He's got some young kids. So the touring life's not for Johnny. I get it. And it's not for everybody. I mean, you know, the oh, sacrifices that go into it are incredible. And you gotta, you gotta be prepared to live the life of a, a poor artist. Because you know all the money you make goes back into the into the project. And remember, my mother used to always say to me, "How come you're always broke, son?" I said, "I'm not broke, mom. I everything I own everything here. I put all the money into the project, and I can go anywhere around the world whenever I want to. I always generate money. There's just no there's no golden egg anywhere, right?" Yeah. Well, you're investing. Well, I've, yeah, kind of. Well, but you know, now that I'm going to work on these movies and retro projects, hopefully, I'll find a golden egg in there somewhere, and you know, get my. Uh, in some books and, and movies and things like that. Cause that's where the money is. It's not really, it's well, that's it. Sadly enough. <laughs> but you know, I'm a musician for life. I'll play till I'm 75. Live, live well, for sure. I'll that's do, something I'll, I talked to. Like, uh, my homes will go to 50 years like the Dupliners and then I'll shut her down at 50. And I'll go drink Guinness in the country with the cows. Hey, I'll join you for that, man. Yeah, see the crazy guy over there with the big white beard. He said he was in a band. I <laughs> uh, have no fucking idea who I am. This is the Guinness guy. Some crazy guy with a Guinness. Get out of my <laughs> you fuckers. Naked in the field, chasing the cows. I got it. Well, I won't be naked. No. I, don't think so. I was never really a nudist. No. <laughs> Only for my special lady. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Shit. Um, God, I, well, I do look really hot naked. Oh, to everybody out there, Finney looks hot naked from I'm what I understand. Condition. Dude, I'm in excellent condition. Look at me. Oh. <laughs> oh, woo! So it's gonna be one of those days. Oh shit, man! All right, six. I'm an excellent six. I got, I got <laughs> fifty pounds a couple years ago. Well, people don't realize when you tour and play every night, you're you're doing exercise. And then I lost another 140 when I got divorced. The ex-wife. <laughs> now we're best friends. The beautiful first wife. She, her, her and I are best friends. She likes that joke. Yeah, favorite ex-wives. Then we broke, we broke up as best friends. We, nah, we, that's beautiful. What we did is we landed the balloon softly. We have, you know, we have a kid and stuff like that. So everything's really nice. It's not, you know, it's really important to keep the family together and be best friends. For sure. Absolutely. It's so Katie. important. Katie Kaboom was a big star in the band. She was a, she's a legend. She's a fucking Irish punk legend. Let's face it. Absolutely. She'll be remembered forever in Irish punk. So you're doing most, most of your recording at home now in your own studio now, right? No, my, my studio guy won't let me do it. I, I have all the gear here, but he won't set it up for me because he's afraid if he does that, I won't come into the recording studio. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. He's, he's probably right. I know, he is. I got all this nice gear. Roland gave me all this free gear. I got a, yes, I'm in my office now, so I got a, I got like a, I got like a mixing board here, you know, and I got a fucking digital tape recording machines and I got all the gear, keyboards, guitars and speakers and shit. And he won't put it together for me. <laughs> Gene, if you hear me, Gene, you fucking bastard. He won't build my home studio for me because he thinks I won't come down to the recording studio. I'm always there. Listen, you know, if I have, <laughs> if I have no money, he lets me run a tab, you know? And so I'm always working, you know, cause I always pay my bills. Right. So 
Yeah, credit. Lannisters always pay their debts, right? Yeah, I, I have good. Well, when you're in business thirty years, you got to have good credit, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you don't last. You don't last one year if you don't have good credit. <laughs> well, that's it, and you always need, like you're saying, you don't put ten grand before a tour. Tell the kids that too. That'll be in the book too. Pay your bills, kids, because if you don't, you'll be out of business in no time. <laughs> you know, that's it. Nobody will pay your calls anymore. Yeah. That and when you walk into a venue, the first thing you do is make friends with the bouncer so he doesn't kick you out later oh, yeah. <laughs> and make friends with the sound man because you want him on your side. Oh, I mean, I, did, I tell you, did I tell you a funny bouncer story? When I was in the, no, London, hit me. In the 80s, I was used to hang at a place in Soho called the, the, the Wag Club. It's a place where David Bowie shot his Blue Jean video. Really cool alternative bar, like the Bowline in Toronto, for example, or Something like Love that. It. Well, a cool kind of place that we'd go to. A, bl- a black bar full of black paint and black uh, decor. And everything's dark, you know. So, <laughs> Including the liquor. Yeah. So I just, it would open at, it wouldn't even open until one in the morning and go till six. I used to love the place. So I go there. One day I, was, I met this beautiful woman and I'm acting like a fucking rock star. I wasn't a rock star, but I'm acting like one. I knew it would be one one day. <laughs> Practicing. You got nothing. You got to believe you're one if you're going to be one. You got to. You got to absorb. The, you know. You got to believe that you're going to be in a band. If you're going to be in a band, believe it. Self self belief is the most important thing. So I'm smoking a spliff with this girl, and I get tapped and trying to be cool. You know, I'm in a band. I'm in the studio right now, making a record. You know, I was doing that stuff, but I was I was a nobody. I was trying to sound cool. With my big, big fucking camera wall carrot joint, you know, and they get a tap on the shoulder. Look around, it's the doorman, Winston, big, huge fella, you know, you know, and he liked me, you know. He looked like Muhammad Ali, big fucking guy, you know. He just goes this to me, come here this way. So I come up towards him, he takes the joint from me, he goes, Penny, you gotta go, bro. Like, what? He goes, one year. I'm like, no! Band for one year, and man. I, but that see, that's why you got to make really good friends. With well, listen, I, I, came back, I came back a year later and let me in. <laughs> there you go. Check this yeah. out. I remember I was. It was like one year. This was, going back like over I, ten I, I, years ago. I was a dick though. I shouldn't have sparked up. I was, <laughs> Dude, I always admit when I'm a dick. Yeah, I was a dick. I deserved it. So I got a one year ban from my fucking favorite club. But he let me back in after that. He laughed. We laughed when he let me back in because I did serve my year in, in jail. In, in, <laughs> in, 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 in jail. <laughs> over about 10 years didn't, ago at least he didn't get mad at me and like you know you know get me arrested or nothing because this is back when it was probably illegal right so yeah, yeah exactly because I, I remember check this out about being uh, you know friends oh, with the bouncers and stuff just give me a one-year ban but it was my yeah. favorite fucking bar oh <laughs> so i'm in a bathroom stall with this girl all right Uh-oh. and she she felt the need to take off her shirt and oh. there might have been lines of drugs lying around in this bathroom stall yeah. as well. Tell All right. So, <laughs> well, you know, it was <laughs> Friday. Parties, like... <laughs> it was Friday. So the bouncer was that just before the bouncer opens the door and he looks at me. He's like, okay, man, that's not cool. I look at the girl. I look at the drugs. I look at the bouncer. I'm like, it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to get kicked out, I might as well get kicked out for this. With the oh, that's it. cane all over my face. I'll be a legend. That's how John Nicholson from The Who died. He was doing cocaine with a, with a prostitute in Las Vegas. And The Who was like, well, at least he got out, went out doing what he loves best. <laughs> he went out doing that? Shit, I went in. <laughs> 57, fucking year older than me. That's crazy. Okay, Finney, to end this up, what I ask all my guests these days, I want you to name me three albums that everybody should listen to at least one of, once in their life, and then one guilty pleasure song that everybody would be surprised that you groove to. Uh, what kind of music? I Any to- kind. Anything you think everybody should hear once in their life. Three albums. Like, am I trying to educate them right now? Educate. Them? You're, sh- you're sharing music. Okay, they need to hear London Calling. Then. If I'm, edu- I'm, I'm going to educate you, uh, if you want to be in a punk band and you want to get your brain outside of just punk and expand your musical horizons, you need to hear London Calling. You got it right there, don't you, probably? Well, that's Joe Strummer there, painted by Danny because, Rebel. You know, that album is not only punk, it's got rockabilly in it. It's got, you know, ska. It's got, like, you know, they uh, open the doors to, the, to people's minds with that album. The first two albums are great, but they're pure punk. The, the third one is the one that uh, you, need to, you need to own. So, number one, I'd say London Calling. Uh, for, for Irish music, I'll, I should, since I'm the singer of the uh, Mahones, and, uh, I should probably give you a... I won't see my band. I'll be an asshole. Um, I'll say uh, the Pogues, Rum Sodomy the Lash, or 
by Shafalfi Grace of God. Either of those two, for you need to hear one of those two. Absolutely. And then if you want to be a genius concept album writer and go into the classical ends of things, which I've done with Dara, not calling myself a genius. <laughs> I've done with, let me sit, get that out right now for somebody kicks my ass. There's backstabbers everywhere, bro. I'm not saying me, I'm saying Pete Townsend here. Uh, I did, because I did Hunger to Fight, I was copying Pete Townsend. Uh, I'd say uh, Tommy or Quadrophenia to show you. So the who, the clash, and the pogues. That's pretty fucking solid, man. <laughs> okay. Well, that's my, that's yeah. my recipe, right? That's my recipe, right? You know me. Absolutely. It's a nice stew. Number four and five would have been Husker doing the replacements, but, you know, I got to give you my top three, so. Yeah, man. What's well, cool. And something that anybody would be surprised. You know, you're driving down the, the road. Nobody's in the vehicle with you. This tune comes on and you're grooving to it. Guilty pleasure. One song. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> I, I got a feeling tonight's going to be a good night. But tonight's <laughs> going to be a good night. I'm going to party <laughs> on the dance floor. I fucking love that fucking song. Holy fuck. <laughs> that song, I would push people out of the way for the dance floor. I would push people <laughs> to the ground. I'd, I'd see all the, where all the pretty girls are, and I'll head over there, and I'll dance around with the ladies and fucking have a great time because I love dancing with the ladies. That's my favorite thing in life, dancing on the dance floor with the ladies. Fantastic sport. And, and, and the men too. I love dancing gay bars. They're, they're the best because you get, like especially gay bars that are straight. There's a bar, bar called uh, uh, El Cavento Rico in Toronto. It's gay and straight people mixed. And That's cool. Do you get a lot of free drinks? I don't get any. Oh, boo. I'm too ugly. <laughs> I'm a red-haired Irish guy. Yeah. I always bring a girl too. You know, because the girls love it there, you know. So I always, I don't go alone. I bring a girl with me to go dancing. But uh, it's a mixed club of gay, straight, and drag queens. And oh, my God, talk about a fun party. Because everybody's inhibitions are left at the door. And we're all just one. And it's not, I love it. It's not a gay bar. It's not a straight bar. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a universal everybody's bar. An open bar. I love it. That's what all bars should be, man. Like, you know, all the, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of, you know, unfortunately for the gay people in the LGBTQ community, it's dangerous for them to go to certain places. And that's really fucking sad. You know, Absolutely, man. You know, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love dancing with them. And, you know, and the, you know, they do throw the best parties. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Good my fun. brother, it's great seeing your face. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. So to the LGBTQ, all my friends, to my girlfriend in Europe, everybody else, love you all. I'll see you all soon. Montreal see you all on the road. See you in Montreal. I got no clue uh, what's going on with the COVID thing. But hopefully Well, when you when you book an acoustic tour, let me know if you need an opener. I'm ready to go just fucking pack a bag with an acoustic man. Can you drive a van? I can drive anything. Uh, then you're hired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, love you, brother. Hey. Stay cool, man. Say hi to everybody. Big love for Montreal. Love you, love you, Montreal. Most beautiful girls in Canada. I always remember that. Montreal. Yeah. Ladies, Peace out. Friends, all the boys, you ugly bastards. We're better looking in Toronto than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Good. there soon enough, brother. Happy patties. Peace out. Love you, man. Peace. Cheers. How do we get off this thing? <laughs> oh. oh. Don't know shit. I might not know shit, but